0: Welcome back to Pod TST, an LA Rams podcast from Turf Show Times. I'm your host, Kenneth Arthur, and I want to give you another episode of Pod TST, even here in the slow days of July. You know, when we were kids, July would celebrate, we would celebrate not having any obligations. And now, as adults, We vilify the summer months for not giving us enough NFL content. It used to be, I'm sure some of you listening out there are old enough to remember when the NFL didn't have any news between weeks, you know, Super Bowl and week one, but now it's all we have, a super amount of news except for... For the most part, June and July, not a lot of practices. You know, they got rid of the OTA. I mean, not got rid of OTAs and all that kind of stuff is in our past. Training camp is in the future, the near future. But we still got a couple more weeks before the Rams report to training camp. So that is what we deal with in July. When you're a kid, you love it. When you're an adult, you still have to go to work, but there's no football to take you out of that job environment, maybe, or, uh, your family or any of the other things you have to deal with, uh, begrudgingly on a day-to-day basis. Me, I've got nothing to begrudge. Luckily, fortunately, uh, I'm grateful for the opportunity to be able to deliver this Rams podcast to you and have it, uh, intermingle right in there with the job description of mine. So, you know. Uh, also, I think. Hey, doesn't this audio sound pretty good? I listened to it, tested it out just now, dusted off my uh, very expensive microphone, the soundboard, and uh, I gotta say, audio quality here. I-, I think that it it outmatches some of uh, the Zoom calls that the NFL Network or ESPN are broadcasting as television shows. I mean, I- I- and they're not. It's not cheap always uh, to watch some of those networks, but uh, there's also a lot of YouTube content out there, podcasts, and it's hard for anybody to decide what to listen to, so thank you for turning in and tuning in to Pod TST. Hey look, not everything's going to be professional. Sometimes I'm going to mess up my words. But Kenneth Arthur will not be stopped up until the the day that I am, which is inevitable. Uh-huh. Uh, Today, I wanted to talk about the LA Rams 2021 schedule. It's a 17 game schedule that begins on Sunday, September 12th, Sunday night football against the Chicago Bears at SoFi Stadium, the first ever regular season game at SoFi Stadium with fans. So, That will be Sunday, September 12th against the Chicago Bears. The NFL, they thought that would be happening in 2020 when they scheduled the Rams to host the Cowboys on Sunday Night Football. There were no fans, and obviously the Rams didn't have any fans at SoFi Stadium during the 2020 season. So now the NFL must uh, pull a, a redo, a do-over with the LA Rams, the LA Chargers, and the Las Vegas Raiders all uh, playing in these new, these two new stadiums, SoFi Stadium and Allegiant Stadium. So they have to do a do-over, and they put the Rams on Sunday Night Football in Week One, the Raiders on Monday Night Football in Week One, and uh, you know the Chargers getting. More primetime games uh, than they're normally used to, I'm sure, although that should now and in the future have a lot to do with uh, Justin Herbert, one of my favorite new players in the league. And don't worry, he's playing all the way over there in the AFC. Maybe the Rams will meet Justin Herbert in an all-LA Super Bowl showdown in Los Angeles in February at SoFi Stadium. Will the Rams be there? Will the Chargers be there? But will the Rams be there? It's totally possible, as I've been saying all offseason long since they acquired Matthew Stafford. The Rams are absolutely contenders with Stafford, Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, and many more They are absolutely contenders to reach the Super Bowl, to get there. As we saw with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last year, to get there, they don't necessarily need to win the division. They could be a wild card team. They could go on the road every week in the playoffs, as the Bucs did, but not ideal. Not the goal. The goal here for the Rams is to win the most games in the NFC West and win the most games in the NFC, be the only team in the conference to get a bye week in the playoffs and to reach the super bowl at home again as the bucks did last year with tampa bay. So, I want to just briefly and I do mean briefly discuss we're hitting the 25 to 30 minute mark here on the podcast. That's the goal. We're 5 minutes in. So, we'll take about a minute each here to talk about the Rams 17 game schedule and starting with, you know, talking about briefly those three preseason games last year no preseason this year three preseason games as the Rams expand uh, the NFL expanded the schedule to 17 games what's next the NFL will expand that schedule to 18 regular season games soon I'm sure within the next couple of years I would imagine the NFL goes to an 18 game schedule and a two game preseason. This year, the Rams open up at SoFi Stadium against the LA Chargers. So we'll get an early preview of that Super Bowl, Herbert versus Stafford, except in this case, um, it may be more like uh, Easton Stick versus John Wolford or, or Bryce Perkins. Um, the LA Chargers versus the LA Rams at SoFi Stadium. That's August 14th, a Saturday and that'll be at 7 p.m., and you can watch it on the NFL Network. Next, it would be the Las Vegas Raiders, also at SoFi Stadium. That's Saturday, August 21st, again, at 7 p.m., again, on NFL Network. And then the following Saturday, at the Denver Broncos, that's at 6.05 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, and again, on the NFL Network or your local uh, L.A. cable provider, Uh, but, uh, so that's going to be the Rams preseason schedule. I would imagine we probably don't see a lot of Stafford against the chargers. Maybe we do see uh, a good amount of Stafford versus the Raiders or, or the Broncos, depending on how Sean McVay decides to treat that three game preseason as opposed to a four game preseason where normally you would have your, uh, starters warm up in the third preseason game and treat that like the normal NFL game for the first half. Uh, maybe this time they do that against the Raiders in the preseason week two, or against the Broncos in preseason week three, and then preseason week four uh, is basically gone. It'll it'll be mostly a two week uh, break between August twenty eighth and September twelfth, when the Rams host the Chicago Bears. Whatever LA's schedule uh, record is in the preseason, who cares? Doesn't matter. They could go zero and three and i don't think any rams fan should care if they go 0 and 3 just like i don't think you should care if they go 3 and 0 and blow everybody out of the water. The point is not to beat teams in the preseason. And uh, uh, just be, you know, you could blow everyone out of the water in the preseason. And it turns out that the other teams were treating the preseason like they should, which is not to win the game, but to figure out who they're going to put on the team and who they're going to start. So that's what the LA Rams will be looking for in the preseason. So uh, whatever they do there, who cares? doesn't matter. Just as long as everybody is healthy coming out of it and the Rams have found uh, their most of. Uh, viable uh, vivacious, um, vexing roster. Then it's the Bears. So let's talk about uh, the Rams regular season schedule. Week one versus Chicago Bears. The Bears went eight and eight last season and the big changes everyone is talking about would be a departing with Mitchell Trubisky. Probably soon parting with Nick Foles, although we just haven't talked about Nick Foles. And by we, I mean uh, the whole world kind of hasn't really talked about Nick Foles this offseason because all the focus has been on Andy Dalton versus Justin Fields. Fields being the 11th overall pick in the draft this year. And I would expect Andy Dalton to start that game. Who knows where former Rams quarterback Nick Foles will end up, but it is not impossible for me to say that Nick Foles on another team will start more games than maybe Andy Dalton, uh, maybe more games than Justin Fields, one of those guys next season on another team. Because you could look around the NFL and say, hey, look, what about the Houston Texans? You know, maybe they would uh, have to go out there and get Nick Foles just in case anything happens to Tyrod Taylor and if Deshaun Watson doesn't return. Maybe the Green Bay Packers uh, won't see Aaron Rodgers come back, and they have Jordan Love as a starter, and they added add Nick Foles. I know that there's just some people that might be interested in Nick Foles. But the Bears would probably be starting Andy Dalton uh, or Justin Fields. I know a lot of people think it's going to be Justin Fields. I don't think Justin Fields is ready for the NFL this year. I think that there's uh, going to be some things to adjust to as that's as is the case for 99% of rookies only Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson the top 2 quarterbacks picked this year not even Trey Lance the number 3 pick You know, only those two guys are probably uh, guaranteed to be starting in week one and probably ready to start in week one. And maybe you could make the argument that only Trevor Lawrence is ready to start in week one. And you could also argue that he's not. So we'll see what happens. Maybe I'm completely wrong on Justin Fields, as is the case with, you know, everybody's going to be wrong about some stuff. Uh, as we go into the NFL season. I don't think that Justin Fields is going to win over Matt Nagy to become the starter in week one. I think that uh, a few weeks of watching Andy Dalton play is going to be what eventually prompts Matt Nagy to insert Justin Fields as his starting quarterback, whether it's too early or not. Matt Nagy is on the hot seat and he's going to do whatever it takes, I'm sure, to try and save his job. But the only real way to save his job is not to insert Justin Fields before he is ready. It's to win games. So whoever gives him the best opportunity to win games is going to be who's starting for the Chicago Bears in week one. And I think that's going to be Andy Dalton, even though Andy Dalton, not much of a starting quarterback, He is going to be 34 in October, so he'll be 33 in week one. Last year with the Dallas Cowboys, he started nine games in place of Dak Prescott, and he was okay throwing 14 touchdowns, eight interceptions, and Dallas went four and five. When he started in his last season with the Cincinnati Bengals in 2019, Dalton started 13 games, was benched during the season by uh, former Rams offensive coordinator, Zach Taylor, uh, the head coach in Cincinnati Dalton threw 16 touchdowns and 14 interceptions that season. That seems to be about where he's at in that 85 passer rating type of range in that, Hey, I'm like the 24th best quarterback in the NFL type of range and so it would be fortunate, I think, for Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey and Leonard Floyd and Jordan Fuller and the defense to face Andy Dalton. I also think it would be fortunate for them to for, uh, face Justin Fields, as it was to for them to face Tua Tagovailoa in 2020. And how, even though the Dolphins won that game, just how poorly Tua Tagovailoa played. I think that's what we can expect from Justin Fields in his NFL debut. Although it could also include the surprise of having to cover a quarterback of which there is no real NFL tape. So, you know, Justin Fields is a superior athlete. He's got a strong arm. He's a dangerous weapon. And there's just a lot to learn when you when you get into the NFL. So uh, I would say that this game in week one seems like a very favorable matchup, even though the Bears were a playoff team last year. Did they improve? Are they going to get better? Or is this Matt Nagy's last season as an NFL head coach? I'd say the Rams are in decent position there. Week two, September 19th, 1 p.m. Eastern. So this is a 10 a.m. road game at the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts also made a change of quarterback this offseason trading for Carson Wentz. I think that Carson Wentz should fall into the category of not being a good starting quarterback at this point in his career. He hasn't really rebounded from his 2017 injury to prove to be a very good starting quarterback. And we're talking now about three seasons since then. And you can't just go around blaming all of the personnel or the coaching or whatever that was happening in Philadelphia. This is not a situation like Matthew Stafford, where he was also in a bad situation, not good coaches, not good personnel, not a very, uh, like strong foundation as a franchise. And I know the Colts won a lot of games with Peyton Manning, But shouldn't they have won more than one Super Bowl with Peyton Manning, too? I think Jim Mercer has made a lot of decisions over his tenure as the owner that maybe did not help the Colts win as many games as they could. I'm shocked kind of that they traded a conditional first round pick for Carson Wentz. And that's what happened, though. And so they have Carson Wentz. If he plays in uh, more than 75% of the team's snaps next season, then the Eagles will receive a first round pick. And if he doesn't, the Eagles will receive a second round pick, which is also, I think, a high price to pay for a high priced quarterback like Carson Wentz, who has struggled for most of the last two years. And we'll see what happens. But the Rams have to go to Indianapolis. The Colts do have some really good players. They've got Darius Leonard at linebacker. They've got Quentin Nelson at guard. Those are two all pro type players, phenomenal NFL players. And they have some good players around them. I'm just, I think the Colts did not have a good offseason. They had a lot of resources, and they didn't come away much improved on paper. And I think maybe the Tennessee Titans pulled away from them there. And so we'll see what happens with the Colts. I do think the Rams are a stronger team than the Colts. They do have to go on the road, it's a morning game. A lot could happen, but I would favor the Rams at the Colts. Week three, Sunday, September 26th. 125 pacific standard times the rams host tom brady and the tampa bay buccaneers this is a rematch of the rams at the bucks last year on a thursday night i believe and the rams won that game surprisingly to some and i think at the time the rams were clearly the superior team strong defense not you know sputtering offense Uh, but clearly a team strong enough to beat the eventual Super Bowl champions. They beat them head-to-head, toe-to-toe, mano-a-mano, pretty much two full-strength teams, I think, at the time, as well as you can be full-strength in the NFL. And then it turns out that the Bucs just were hotter in January, and Tom Brady knows what that's like. He's been the best playoff quarterback in NFL history. He is the best playoff quarterback, if not the best quarterback, in NFL history, and Tom Brady... Ran away with things with Tampa Bay last season. But coming in this year, you know, Tom Brady struggled in the hotter months for Tampa Bay. That interfered with some of his practice, some of getting everybody on the same page. There were a lot of other things going on as well in 2020, but I think that it's better to face Tom Brady in September than it is to face him in December. So the Rams, maybe they have an advantage there. It's also at home. It's also going to be like a very, probably a very publicized game, even though it's not a primetime game. A lot of eyes will be on this uh, America's Game of the Week Rams versus Bucks on Fox. Uh, this is a very good team. The Bucks re- returned pretty much all of their players from last season. I think that can kind of get overhyped. That idea, you know, the Tampa Bay was seven and five at one point last year, so there were not. This was not a perfect team. This is not one of the all-time great teams. The 2020 Bucks, if you didn't know, are not one of the all-time great teams. To be one of the all-time great teams, you should win your division. Uh, but they are a very solid team. The quarterback is 43, going on 44. That's not good. I mean, you can't say that it's good, right? Like, it might be fine. He might overcome it. But you can't say that's good, right? So uh, right now, I would say, like, the Bucks are definitely the strongest team I've mentioned so far today, uh, the strongest on their schedule here to open up the year. And some would say the strongest team in the NFL. It's Totally fine. Uh, why would I say that they're not? but let's just I'm just saying they weren't the all-time great team last year. We're overrating them a little bit based on, you know, a strong playoff run that nearly ended. So there are uh, other things to consider with regards to the Bucks being at home. I think, you know, got to give a, a slight advantage to the Rams there and uh, we'll see how they match up. Week 4, uh, Sunday, October 3rd, again at home. Uh, the Rams are at home in 3 of the first 4 games. So they have an opportunity, maybe if they're if they're really going to love SoFi Stadium with all the fans in the stadium, uh, they have an opportunity maybe to to start four and zero or three and one. Arizona Cardinals, one o five p.m. So another afternoon game on Fox. Rams versus Cardinals, Uh, the Cardinals added J.J. Watt, A.J. Green, Rodney Hudson. If you know those names, you know that they're, I mean, you know Watt, I'm sure, you know, Green, I'm sure the wide receiver and Rodney Hudson center, who I don't think is over the hill. I don't think uh, J.J. Watt is either. Green has a lot more to prove, and I think Arizona does have a potential hole there at their wide receiver unit because I don't know what they've got of value outside of DeAndre Hopkins, and that includes the tight ends. They don't have any strong receiving options at tight end. So as far as Kyler Murray improving as a passer, which absolutely needs to happen, as far as Cliff Kingsbury improving as a head coach and as a play caller on offense, absolutely needs to happen if the Cardinals are going to make any chance of a postseason run. Uh, even though Arizona went 8-8 eight and eight last year and finished third in the division, they seem to be uh, a couple miles behind the 49ers, Rams, and Seahawks. Um, and that's even after having added Watt and Hudson. And you would think the imp- it all really depends on the improvement of Kingsbury and Murray. And, and we can't predict or guarantee either of those things to happen so right now i would say cardinals at rams early season has to be in the favor of the la rams then it's a short turnaround thursday october 7th at the seattle seahawks on thursday night football which will be on amazon as well as fox and the nfl network so very uh, available game to watch and stream and that's the probably the first game where you say that the Rams could uh, be up against it. They have three days off, and they have to go to Seattle to face the Seahawks. On the bright side, the Rams uh, keep beating the Seahawks, so you you got to say that LA can't feel too bad about this being their short turnaround game. Uh, is playing at Seattle at CenturyLink Field uh, is that, or I think it's called Lumen Field now. Uh, but is going to Seattle really as uh, uh, intimidating as it used to be? I don't think so. I think that there are uh, still, I mean, clearly the Seahawks have have shown their sort of uh, deficiencies, their faults, their flaws, the things that they cannot, you know, they're not so strong and intimidating uh, at home. Definitely their defense isn't as intimidating as it was in the early part of the 2010s. And right now I would think that the Rams, you know, can, can say, Hey, look, this is the strongest team in the division now, but to go on the road, uh, this is definitely their hardest game that I've talked about on the schedule yet. And it'll be a game that the Seahawks also take extremely seriously. This is the the Rams team that they cannot beat. They cannot beat Aaron Donald. They're struggling against Sean McVay. They couldn't even beat Jared Goff. So what are they going to do against Matthew Stafford, who is so much more superior to Goff. You know, th- there are things where the Seahawks must now say, hey, we're really going to defend this home turf, but are they good enough to do that? I think that the Seahawks, you know, with Russell Wilson, who is still one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, and a defense that I think will improve a very strong front seven, uh, at least in terms of depth. So, Nothing like having Aaron Donald, absolutely nothing like having Jalen Ramsey. They don't have any of that kind of stuff on defense. Jamal Adams, how much of a limitation, how many limitations really does he have on his value? Uh, it's kind of, uh, that'll be interesting to watch. But Rams at Seahawks in uh, week five at uh, Seattle, October 7th on Thursday Night Football, very uh, big game uh, LA's second primetime game of the year, uh, uh, a game that could have a lot of implications for the NFC West, of course, but, uh, maybe that's the first one that feels like, okay, maybe the Rams will not win this short turnaround having to go on the road to Seattle. But I think based on how much success the Rams have had against Seattle since Aaron Donald arrived, since Sean McVay has arrived, um, you cannot count them out. Then 10 days later, Sunday, October 17th at the New York Giants. The Giants played the Rams very well last season. They've got an improving defense. They've got Saquon Barkley, who they hoped will return next year. And they've added some really interesting players like Kadarius Toney, the rookie receiver in the first round. Uh, I don't hate the Giants. I think that they have a chance to be a surprise team in 2021 and i really i i i just think that i think that daniel jones might shock people but i also think that uh, daniel jones might be might stink so that's what it is this is at new york this is a 10am game so this is a morning road game on the east coast that could fuck with the rams a little bit that could be difficult coming but coming off of you know another road game there a difficult road game there in seattle they do have the 10 days of rest um, and I think where we're situated right now, if the Rams are four and one, five and one, five and two, four and two, something like that, you know, totally a uh, fair evaluation. I think it's just depending, do you think that the giants could be a surprise team or not? Even when they're not a surprise team, they've, they've proved to play Sean McVay very well. Will that be different with Matthew Stafford? I don't know, but I think obviously I would, I would favor the Rams here. Maybe a surprise, uh, difficult game though. Speaking of Matthew Stafford, then it happens Sunday, October 24th, 105 p.m. on Fox at SoFi Stadium. The Detroit Lions come to town. Goff returns to face the Rams. His first game in SoFi Stadium with fans will be as a member of the Detroit Lions against Matthew Stafford, who is facing his old team of 12 years, the Detroit Lions. Lions bad. Rams good. That's it. <laughs> Speaking of uh, Rams, good and their opponent bad, Sunday, October 31st, Halloween at the Houston Texans, 10 a.m. Even though it's on the road, Texans even worse than the Rams. I don't know why they would surprise. I guess they could, but I would say the Rams have a very favorable uh, run right there with the Lions and Texans back to back. They have to go 2 0. If they're going to be a Super Bowl team, you would think they have to go two and zero versus the Lions and the Texans, and some would say they better go three and zero against the Giants, the Lions, and the Texans. And really, when you look at it, we've talked about seven games so far. I could see the Rams being six and one or seven and zero, maybe five and two. You know, the Bucks and the Seahawks are the two standouts to me. Others would say the Bears and the Colts or the Cardinals, uh, but for me, I'm seeing five and two, six and one. Maybe seven zero if the if the Rams come out really hot, but I could see that happening here as we enter the next week. Sunday, November seventh, Tennessee Titans, five twenty p.m. on NBC. So we've got Sunday night football. Titans there in week eight. Uh, I I think the Titans are a good team. I like Derrick Henry. I don't think running backs don't matter. I think they do matter. Uh, uh, so I'm not against Derrick Henry. Rams, Titans, there are some other uh, fun implications there. 99, all that kind of stuff. Adding Julio Jones to the Titans. Tennessee still has uh, a lot to prove, maybe on defense, but on offense, maybe the most dangerous, potent offense. They could have, you know, it's, they could be better at quarterback, but Ryan Tannehill is a good quarterback, and he's really thriving with Derrick Henry, A.J. Brown. Now Julio Jones, an offensive line with, you know, uh, Taylor Lewan, It's a good stuff going on for Tennessee. I think the Rams have their shit going for them that week. Uh, Good, nice, fun matchup for Sunday night football. Who hates that? And then you go from Sunday night primetime to Monday night primetime. Eight days later, Monday night football, week nine at the San Francisco 49ers on ESPN, 5.15 p.m., uh, how good is San Francisco next season? I just don't, I've stopped trying to predict the 49ers because you think they're going to be good. Kyle Shanahan brings them bad uh, and, and you can blame it on a quarterback injury, whatever. Nick Bosa's injury, you know, well, what's going on with all the injuries then? Then, then explain why you can't feel a healthy team every year. And three out of four Kyle Shanahan years have not gone well for San Francisco. That being said, the other time they went to the Super Bowl. So uh, 49ers, lots of talent. I think they're one of the top three teams in the division. Clearly better than the Cardinals. But how good is uh, Trey Lance? How healthy is Jimmy Garoppolo? Uh, what will be the situation at quarterback by the time we get to that Monday Night Football? Nobody knows. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. Um, I think the Rams are a better team than the 49ers, but it's very close. Uh, I think when the 49ers are healthy and we also know that San Francisco has had its success against Sean McVay, similar to how Pete Carroll struggles against Sean McVay, it seems Sean McVay has been struggling against Kyle Shanahan. So a huge key game and that'll be the conclusion of nine games. I can see the Rams anywhere from six and three to nine and 8 and one i i see that being sort of where i'm at here looking at the schedule and then if they come out of that game with a win they'll be going into their bye week that's sunday november 21st is the bye week sunday uh and then sunday november 28th one week later at green bay packers lambeau field 1:25 p.m another america's game of the week type game rams at packers I don't know if Aaron Rodgers is going to be playing for the Packers next season. Nobody does. Aaron Rodgers isn't clear. But I'll say it seems like Rodgers will maybe return. Maybe he doesn't have anywhere else to go right now. Will the Packers call his bluff? Is he bluffing Nobody knows. So it's similar to the 49ers with their quarterback situation. I don't know what the Packers quarterback situation is going to be. I don't know what the Texans quarterback situation is going to be. You know, there are so many questions out there right now with teams, even though we are approaching training camp. But is this the toughest game on the schedule at the Green Bay Packers? If Aaron Rodgers is playing for them, absolutely, it, it has every right to be the toughest game on the Rams schedule, but they will be coming off of a bye week, so maybe they've got that going to their advantage. If you were looking at like a 8-1 and one Rams team versus a, a, an 8-1 and one Packers team on November 28th, you're talking about, you know, one of the biggest games of the year. Something that uh, Sean McVay is no stranger to in December, you know, against the Chiefs, against the Seahawks, against the 49ers, uh, whatever it is, the Rams have played in a lot of tough against the Bucks last year. They played in a lot of tough, huge key games in uh, December, November, and uh, come away victors often. So uh, not necessarily a bad thing, but yeah, that could be the toughest game on the schedule. And then Sunday, no, December 5th, getting into December at home versus the Jacksonville Jaguars at SoFi Stadium at one twenty-five p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Trevor Lawrence, the number one overall pick, will he still be uh, starting healthy? How does he look? What's going on with the Jaguars? I don't know, but I think the Jaguars have the potential to maybe go 6-11. and uh, 11. How odd is that? 6-11, and 7-10. I think Urban Meyer, the new head coach, has a chance to get them there. A lot of interesting pieces there. And I also think they could uh, get their wins in over teams like the Texans and uh, some of those last-place teams on their schedule. But the Rams, if they want to be a champion, I think you got to say they beat the Jaguars. And then another Monday night football game on December 13th at the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, how are the Cardinals? You know, that's how we, I could just repeat what I said earlier, how they'll be looking there. I don't know, but, uh, there you've got at the Cardinals and then Sunday, December 19th at home against the Seattle Seahawks at SoFi stadium, uh, 1 PM. Obviously this could be a huge game for the division or the first place in the division. We'll see what happens. And then to Sunday, December 26th at the Minnesota Vikings, At 10 a.m., so another road 10 a.m. game for the Rams. Kirk Cousins, Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen. Exceptional, uh, you know, offense there potentially, but sort of like Tennessee. You know, it's like, well, okay, Kirk Cousins is good. Is he great? No, that's clearly uh, where the Vikings and the Titans are. Are not matched up completely with the Bucks and the Packers, and and you know maybe the Seahawks. And and he would say like, well, what about the Rams with Matthew Stafford? Yeah, Stafford has more to prove now that he's with a new environment, and you know there aren't. He can't make the excuse, and not that he has ever made excuses. That's not the type of guy Matthew Stafford is. Uh, One of the toughest best leaders in the NFL. Like, that's what I've learned about Matthew Stafford this year. All of the stories are good. All of the stories about him as a leader, all of the stories of him uh, fighting through injuries, all of the stories of him picking up the team in the fourth quarter, all good. So uh, I, I don't doubt Matthew Stafford very much, but he does have something to prove now that he's in a better situation. And so that's where it's like Stafford versus Cousins or Tannehill, well, Tannehill got better when he went from the Dolphins to the Titans. Uh, Cousins even got better when he went from the Washington team to the Vikings. But Stafford was even better than those guys on their, on his previ- on their previous stops. And he's going to a better situation than they went to on their new destinations. So by all accounts, I, that's why Stafford, to me, goes from, you know, being a good quarterback to being in the MVP conversation, but we'll see if that comes to fruition. Stafford familiar with the Vikings, familiar with the Packers, familiar with the Lions. You know, he he gets to face the NFC North this year as a member of the Rams. So at least he's also got the familiarity there with those teams Sunday, January 2nd. So now we're getting into January football and it'll be the latest regular season schedule of all time. At Baltimore Ravens, this is their 17th game. They have to go face Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, However, the Ravens will be at the end in week 17. Who knows? But they, they certainly have been a championship contender in the last few years. And John Harbaugh knows what it's like to win a Super Bowl. So there are considerations to make the Ravens a very difficult week 17 matchup. And then Sunday, January 9th. We're still playing the regular season as of January 9th. San Francisco 49ers at home, SoFi Stadium, uh, week 18, an afternoon game right now. Could it be flexed if the 49ers and Rams are playing for the division? Of course, it could be flexed, but uh, we just don't know how the 49ers will do. Nor do we really know how the Rams will do, but I think looking at the schedule, you know, 11 and 6 is maybe the like the baseline of where like the expectations could be set like okay, like 11 and 6 will work with that. But I think the Rams have the potential to be 13 and 4 or 14 and 3, or even 15 and 2 based on what I've seen in front of me. A lot depends on who's starting quarterback for those teams and how Matthew Stafford uh, meshes with the LA Rams. But I think the schedule itself is not that bad. They do have four road games in the final seven weeks, including three in the final uh, two in the final three. Three in the final five, um, as well as home games against the Seahawks and the 49ers in that time. You have to go to Green Bay. You know, there's a lot of stuff that's difficult there in the second half of the year, but I think the Rams can get out to an eight and one start and and maybe even just ride that to the number one seed in the NFC. It'll be very competitive. It'll be very difficult. But that's sort of where I look at it, the way I look at it after uh, looking here at that schedule. And hey, look, I said in the beginning, this is a 25 minute podcast, huh, 36 minutes. Not only does the mic sound good, but uh, the show delivered 35% more than it said that it would. Didn't mean for that to rhyme, but uh, now it's my time. So that's it for this episode of Pod TST. Come back next time and we will continue to talk about the Rams.